It's been one year since you looked at me, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to We Read the Book. I'm Adam Heap. I'm Lois Mitchell. And this is the one year anniversary special of the We Read the Book podcast. Yay! It hasn't been a year since I've looked at you, unfortunately. <laughs> every, almost, yeah. almost, uh, once every two weeks at least. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I like spending time with you, I guess. Oh, he just like my <laughs> fresh house. Yeah. It's, it's air conditioning and it's... Yeah. No nice tiles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what there is for you here, Lois. I'm just friends with your wife. That's the yeah. main thing. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> oh, it's been a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I guess for us, because we do it every two weeks rather than every week, there's sort of less episodes in a year. But, it seems, but we also don't burn out as quickly. Yeah, it seems to have gone really quickly, which is good. And I hope people are enjoying it. We don't really get that much feedback. So we would love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you're listening. We know we have about 300 people listening. So, yeah, let us we'd know. We'd love to know your you... names. I'd love to like hear, have someone write in or tweet in or something yeah. like that. And we'll, we'll feature your tweet on the show. You'll be our first uh, like official friend of the podcast. Yeah. So, like, we, we'd love to hear your feedback, how you think we could improve and that kind of thing. Be nice. <laughs> um, don't be mean to us. But, um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear your feedback. And, um, yeah, we're excited to keep going. We've got plans for the future. We'll definitely be here for at least at least this episode and probably <laughs> another year to come. Yeah. We've got plans. Yeah. Secret plans. Secret, secret interesting plans. Which we'll tell you about later in the show. <laughs> Um, we are, we've got a question of the week, uh, this week, if you could turn any movie into a one year TV show, what would it be and why? So like when I say one year, I should, uh, clarify that I mean kind of like one season. So whether that's like a Sherlock season of three episodes that are an hour and a half long, or you want to do like Game of Thrones, 10, like one hour-ish episodes or a standard sitcom, 24, uh, like 20 minute episodes. I thought you meant... I thought you meant a standard sitcom like 24, and I'm like, 24 is not a sitcom. <laughs> 24 is a drama. Well, that said, I was thinking, when I was looking through the list, I was thinking Die Hard would actually make a good, like, 24 yeah. kind of show. Though, to be honest, not much happens. No. You'd have to have probably, it'd have to be, like, villain of the week kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose there's only, like, seven bad guys, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. And only one that you really care about. There's not much content in a Die Each episode's going to have, like, some immense, like, backstory, like, showing why they got into crime. Yeah, exactly. You really invest in the characters. Hollywood hit me up. <laughs> uh, so, Lois, if you could turn any movie into one season of TV, what would it be and why? I think I would go with Harry Potter. Obviously, if you were doing the Harry Potter story, you'd want to do every book. And that you doing that in one season probably wouldn't work. You'd want to do, like, a book a season, at like least. Like Game of Thrones. Or, yeah, like Game of Thrones. That's, that was the thing I was thinking of. What would I want to parallel would be Game of Thrones. Yeah, Harry Potter. Especially because I think the at least the first movie, like we talked about, it doesn't do a very good job. It skips over huge chunks. And those are the chunks that are actually, like, the day-in, day-out stuff that Harry goes through. And that's the stuff in the book that's actually... Like a lot of which, a lot of what the fans like is like the just the Wizarding World stuff, and so you'd have the space in a series to kind of look at that and go through that, but also just a um, just a series set at Hogwarts, not necessarily about Harry, would be good too, like a um, the Marauders or something. And J.K. Rowling loves adding the canon. Yeah, exactly. I could see that happening in the future, definitely. Yeah, I think especially now that kind of HBO has shown that if you have a big budget, like those books are there to be made into successful TV shows. Yeah, exactly. I, I doubt they'd make the actual Harry Potter books into a TV show. I don't for know, at like, least... Oh, yeah. No, I'd no. say like you'd probably have to wait like 20 years or so. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, my choice would be Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. We talk, we talk, again, we talked about this during the episode that it kind of would suit that format almost. You've got the seven evil exes. It kind of... It, I mean, it, it chapters itself, basically. Um, so I'd kind of go for, yeah, just that one uh, season's worth of, like, one-hour episodes or something like that. And I think uh, Scott Pilgrim would benefit from that, I think. Especially TV budget, like, with, you know, you, the effects are getting better. You can do that kind of good animation that would match the style of Scott Pilgrim, I guess. 
Yeah. And kind of give it more time to explore the the comics itself, which also a lot of the really good stuff that was in the, the graphic novels was omitted, you know, for time reasons to fit into a one-and-a-half-hour movie. So I think uh, Scott Pilgrim would benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, one-year anniversary episode, we've obviously not done a film or book this week as we're just kind of looking back, a bit of a retrospective on our year. Uh, so what we're going to do is go and discuss... Out of the 25 episodes in which we have done that, uh, we're going to talk about our favourites and our least favourites, some things that we liked and didn't, and then uh, after that we'll have a bit of a chat about what else is uh, in store for us this year. Sound good? Yep. Cool. <laughs> uh, so we'll start off, I guess, with best adaptation, which is what we're all about. So this is like, a, I mean, we're starting off with best picture, basically, of the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> we read the book uh, awards. Yeah, we won't... We won't um... Read out the wrong one. It's Moonlight! <laughs> it's Moonlight. <laughs> it's actually Moonlight. So to let you know what our choices are, obviously, if, you've, if you're new to the podcast or you don't remember each and every episode that we've done in the last year, uh, I'll just briefly read off the titles uh, of the 25 that we've done from 1 to 25. So we've done Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Civil War. Uh, the Da Vinci Code. To Kill a Mockingbird. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. High Fidelity. The BFG. Cloud Atlas, Lord of the Flies, Wuthering Heights, Die Hard, Aragon, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Carol, Coraline, Big Hero 6, A Christmas Carol, A Beautiful Mind, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Ella Enchanted, American Psycho, Sherlock Holmes, and 1984. While we were reading those out, I was like, is A Christmas Carol just like a Christmas version of the movie Carol? (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible, terrible film that would be. Uh, cool. So my out of those, my best adaptation, the thing that I liked best transitioning from book to film was the BFG. I think Roald Dahl's books like all just have this inherent magic in them. Yeah. And the animation in that film was gorgeous. The storyline was kept to. They yeah, they just kind of brought out the best parts of the book and and brought them to life on screen. And I don't think we'll ever forget that scene of the uh, the dogs. In the Queen's Palace. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the I had forgotten and you've brought it back to sharp, in sharp <laughs> relief. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, it just manages to capture that magic of the BFG really well, um, of the original, and I think it was an excellent choice to bring to the screen. Yeah, you could really feel the love in that movie. Mm. Like, it was a passion project for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that was a really good adaptation. I really liked that. Um, my favourite, I'm going to say, is um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the um, Gene Wilder one, obviously. Um, <laughs> what do you mean Tim Burton didn't enter into your, oh, your God. equation? I think there was a reason that we chose that as our first adaptation, because I think when we were first talking about doing the podcast and we struck upon this idea of looking at adaptations from books... That was pretty much one of the first ones that came to mind when we were making a list of the things that we could do because it's it was such an important movie to both of us and it's um it's such a good movie, it's such a good adaptation, it's so close to the book. It's pretty iconic as, as adaptations go. Like it's a it's a cult supported film almost. Yeah. I don't know, what else can we say about it? It's so it's still so beautiful and it still holds up. Um yeah, definitely. Even, it, what I think we found out it was like 50 years later or something. Mm, yeah, it was yeah. the 60s when it came out. So, yeah, yeah uh, definitely go back and have a look at both of those. Um, it's funny that both of those are Roald Dahl books. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's just because, I was about to say, I think maybe the reason that you've chosen it is the same thing, is that there's just a kind of a magic to both of them, than the film and the book, you know? Like they both kind of bring these amazingly written worlds to life. Uh, on screen in in ways that could have been done ineffectively, as we'll discuss very shortly. Yeah, I think also there's something to be said about the fact that both the stories are really strong but simple because they're for children. So um, even though you you definitely could mess it up, people can mess up a very simple story, as we found with, um, say, Ella Enchanted, you can also just do so much with it because... It's so simple and you have so much room to kind of put your own stamp on it. And maybe that's why the Tim Burton version almost does too much or tries to do too much with... Yeah, because it doesn't let the story 
speak for itself. It like tries to add too much wackiness on top of it. That's Tim Burton for you. Yeah. Well, and Johnny Depp. So the BFG and Charlie Chocolate Factory, Roald Dahl taking out two gongs at the... Uh, we read the Book <laughs> the Awards. We read the Book Awards. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're also the Razzies at the same time, so what was the worst adaptation for you, Lois? <laughs> well, um, you're asking what the worst adaptation was for me, but I know it was the same one for you, so uh, we're going to go with Aragon. <laughs> uh, it's the worst adaptation. Ugh. <laughs> It's also a bad movie, like not only badly adapted from its source material, but just a terrible, terrible movie. Like uh, we talked about the problems that that exist with the Aragon book, you know, like it is, it's basically a a fantasy version of Star Wars, which is partly explainable by a young author who was obviously very inspired by, you know, a particular story and and common tropes, you know, that you can find in plenty of other, other works. Like let's not think that it's only Aragon that has this problem. But as, a, as far as adaptations go, this was, like, bad. Because at least the Aragon book still had magic to it, you know? Like, Star Wars was successful for a reason. Yeah. Like, that formula draws you in and, like, makes you invest in the characters. And Aragon as a book was at least interesting, you know? Like, I, I, it holds a place in my heart because I was in the perfect target audience for it when it came out. And I love the story, and I will still happily go back and read it, although I think its sequels are more interesting and uh, developed. But uh, this yeah, movie... Yeah, I, did, I didn't hate reading it. The I m- thought it, was, it wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah, but the movie's just uh, The movie's awful. garbage. It's so hard to watch. There's none of the... It's, it's the opposite of, of what we've just talked yeah. about with Roald Dahl's stuff. There is no magic to the movie. It's mm. like... The CGI is incredible for its time, but the... Story, the acting, the characters, uh, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, and you feel embarrassed for like good actors like Jeremy Irons. Oh man, he and and like John Malkovich and oh, yeah, just like the choices just make you think like, what were you thinking when yeah. you did this? Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough rough day for them. So we've both gone for Aragon for worst adaptation. That's pretty unanimous. Uh, the biggest surprise, uh, so this can kind of be like we, what we thought was bad, uh, what we thought might have been a bad adaptation but turned out to be good, uh, or what we thought might have been a good adaptation that turned out to be bad. I mean, obviously we just talked about Aragon. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise, like from from book to film, was Big Hero 6. Yeah. Like, this is, this is... It's almost not the same project, you know. Like, yeah. you know, you've got the character names are still there, and some of the powers and things are the same. But we that that was such an awful, awful like comic series. Like, I don't like Marvel just clearly like trying to put a foot in the door of like anime in the Western comics world and stuff, and it did not work. It was awful and sexist and just bad. Like, it wasn't even interesting for a five shot sort of series. And then Disney kind of picked out two or three parts from that and just made an absolutely magic film with it. Like, they're on a hot streak of animated films recently anyway. You know? Yeah. Uh, they've got some really, really straight... Since about 2010, 2011, they've been hitting it out of the park with their, their animated fare. And, and Big Hero 6 was a big part of that, you know. Like, it was an amazing, amazing film. It's funny, because I remember at the time, uh, though not... This isn't particularly surprising, but I remember at the time, comic bros being kind of like, oh, they're going to totally Disney it up. Like, they're going to just take all the stuff that's good out of it and just make it Disney. And then having... <laughs> they, they did. They, and it they, was better. They did, and it was better. Like, and I, it's, just, it's not surprising because you always get those dudes going, oh, they're ruining it. But yeah, it's it's just so interesting when I, I like, I think I said in the episode, I couldn't even finish them because I was so... They they pushed they pushed me away so much through their content that I just went no nah, I'm just not going to finish reading these because they were so offensive mm. um, and like not as, and boring yeah, yeah 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 there are better graphic novels out there way better, better comics out there as yeah well. and better instances of where um, that argument of oh you know the film adaptation isn't going to get the heart of it is actually true. You know, Watchmen being a, re- a great example. Uh, Lois, what was your biggest surprise? Um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Um, this, is, this was 
I remember this, we were sitting and watching this in the cinema. We were like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, parts of it are kind of normal. Yeah. And then... The, maybe the first third is how you would expect it to be. Um, though there were those issues where they swapped characters around and whatever, which we talked about. Um, but the... The same? The, yeah, I mean... I, even going into the second act of the film, but especially the third act... Um, just made the movie a complete farce and yeah it just kind of missed the mark on characters from the book the book was a lot darker and especially with what Tim Burton did with the ending with the skeletons and fighting on the jetty it wasn't even just different that in that what happened at the end of the book was different from the end of the movie it completely changed the tone of the story and so in that way it just ruined it like I can't see anyone going from that movie and going I really want to read that book and I also can't see them going that's my favorite movie and I want to see it over and over again I, th- I think it's something I mean we've talked it's not a great adaptation obviously um, I mean it's definitely not up there in our list of good ones anyway but I think it's worth seeing like just for the sheer bizarreness of it you know like I mean, the story is interesting. Like, there's there's enough to hook you there to... You won't get bored of watching the film. So maybe it's more worth watching if you haven't read the book. I mean, I think it's really interesting if you have read the book, though, because you'll just be, like, mystified by it the whole time. Just going, what, why is this happening? What What's going on? Just why is there a giant skeleton war? That's all we wanted to know. <laughs> which Who decided this? Which doesn't happen... Because afterwards we were like... Oh, maybe that happens in like the second or third book, and he's just put it in there. No, it's just completely Tim Burton. So weird. <sighs> so that was that was my biggest what the hell moment of the year was like. What is wrong with this movie? Why is it so bad? Oh, it's because Tim Burton touched it. That's why. <laughs> like he's the thing is like Tim Burton is not all bad, you know. Like no, he, he's obviously got a reputation, but there's like his some of his, especially his earlier bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, really well acclaimed. Like, everyone knows um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Edwards is a hands. Yeah. Yeah, like... It's just that he kind of has stayed in this one genre, and so it's almost like his bag of tricks has been used up, maybe. Yeah, I, and I think, like, there's... Yes, you're, you're right. There is something to be said of, like, looking at it rather than just critiquing one work of a... Uh, like, it's not fair to critique a director on one work, especially when they've had a long career... But I think with Tim Burton, the thing is that so many of his works, if not all of his recent works, have been the same and bad. Yeah. Um, and not up to the standard that he set in his, in his earlier works. Um, and so that's why people make fun of his movies. Which is perfectly legitimate Le- criticism. Yeah. Like, he's... Because he, we have seen... It's almost like we've seen what he can do, so... Everyone's so disappointed with like what he does now. So uh, we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite book and movie independently of adaptations. Yeah, because uh, obviously uh, that's a very different question to what our favorite adaptations were. I'll start off with favorite book. I mean, for me, it's got to be Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. Uh, as a favorite book, like it's it's not the best Harry Potter book, but it's. It's everything. It's all the magic of Harry Potter. It's you don't even have to deal with a lot of that later, convoluted darkness and and things. You know, it's just an enjoyable work of fantasy. Yeah, you say it's not the best Harry Potter book, and I I'm ten I have a tendency to agree with you, but then part of me disagrees. Part of me is like it is the best Harry Potter book because it's your entry to the world. Um, but I can see what you mean. Like, I personally, I think my favourite would be the third one. Um, even having, I mean, I haven't read them all, but when I was a kid, I read, like, the first four over and over, and then I kind of stopped. Um, but yeah, so the first, the third one would be my favourite, but that doesn't mean that the first one doesn't hold a special place in my heart, because I remember being given, because it was, I've opened that book, and I went into a world, and it was like, it was so good. I remember like my mum having to come in and take it away from me because I had to go to sleep kind of thing, you know? So, um, yeah, that is a really good book as much as I'm not a super fan of JK's continued adding on 
Um, though, then I might eat my words in a minute um, when we get to <laughs> favourite films. So we'll see. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say my favourite book is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I lo- I've loved those books. I've read them a few times. Um, I've got a really beautiful hardback edition with all five of them in it. And yeah, I just I just love Douglas Adams' writing, uh, and it's such a shame that he passed away so young, because we would have had so much great art from him to come. I think um, I've recently been watching um, Last Chance to See on Netflix, which is a um, nature show, um, and it's Stephen Fry, and I'm gonna forget the naturalist's name, but they were both friends with Douglas Adams, so Stephen Fry was very very close friends with Douglas Adams and um, this was a project that Stephen Fry and Douglas Adams had talked about doing where they go and look at endangered species that might not be around for very much longer so in that show they talk a lot he and the the biologist they talk a lot about Douglas Adams because it it was like kind of going to be his project and they were both friends with him and um, yeah I'd really recommend that show it's really lovely because it's Stephen Fry um and animals and it's just a lovely show but um it's really funny and in heartwarming and interesting to hear them talk about their friend oh, cool. um yeah so check that out on netflix if you like douglas adams i agree with hitchhiker's guide as well i think it's there's a reason it's so culturally pervasive and, and well known it's just again i think it's the same as harry potter almost it just captures a unique and interesting world and and the style of writing in in Hitchhiker's as well is amazing the characters are really relatable Mm. like all of them are as well which which is is... strange for aliens as well you know like it's it's hard to do that Um, like you you relate even with Zephyr Beeblebrocks at times you're like because everyone can be selfish at times and stupid and not think through their actions and yeah so favorite favorite book this year has probably been Hitchhiker's Guide yeah favorite movie uh, so I'm going to eat my words. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. I think, though, like the reason I'm going to say that's my favourite movie is because I didn't go in with hugely high expectations. I was sceptical that it could work, but um, I was like, well, I'll go see it for the show and um, I'll see what I think. And I was just blown away. I enjoyed it so much. I thought it was such a good movie. Obviously... It's not a good adaptation because it's not really adapting that book. Like, we did it for the show, but that was a pretty loose episode. Um, But um, it's, like, kind of an adaptation in name only um, because there's no story in the book. The book's an encyclopedia. But, yeah, I just loved that movie. I thought it was so funny and well-paced and the characters were so interesting. I loved the character of Newt Scamander. Um, I think I talked on the show about... Um, reading him as maybe a um, uh, neurodiverse person so maybe having like some kind of autism or something and I I really think like that's a really important reading of him and and just yeah I I just really really enjoyed that movie I thought it was so good apart from Johnny Depp appearing at the end (laughs) Um, that's probably my least favourite movie moment of the whole year. Especially because Colin Farrell was actually Colin so good Colin Farrell was role. doing such a good job and then they ruined it with Johnny Depp. Ugh! I hate Johnny Depp and he's a stupid idiot and I hate him. Especially now he's come, been shown to be a um, domestic abuser. The frustrating thing is that I enjoy his acting. Uh, like, uh, there's nothing to talk about in his acting in this because he's in it for like five seconds. Yeah. But... Like uh, his Pirates of the Caribbean performances for me are still some of my favourite performances by an actor in any particular like franchise. I'm... I think he's up there with like Chris Evans as Captain America. Yeah. In terms of like characters that I enjoy being portrayed by a certain actor. I enjoy him in some things. So like Pirates of the Caribbean, I agree with you. He's really good in that. But I would say that he's just Johnny Depping around. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. Like, and that perfectly suits that role. Yeah, and which is why I think that's kind of the, the ultimate sort yeah. of part or for him. Edward Scissorhands, he's just Johnny Depping around. But then if you put him in, like, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he's just Johnny Depping around, and it's like, please stop doing that. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of... I don't know if I enjoy him as an actor, as opposed to I enjoy him in roles where he suits that role, yeah. but I, I think that's what you meant anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so my favourite movie, Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Uh, I love Scott Pilgrim, the film. It's enthralling from start to finish. And we could talk all day about Edgar Wright and his style of films, like he's well known for his trilogy. Uh, Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, he, you know, he was influential in Ant-Man before that kind of got handed over. He's This is the perfect film for him to be involved in. Uh, it's a great transition from the book, as we uh, mentioned earlier in this episode. I just love the story, the what they do with it in in an hour and a half is incredible. The graphics are great. Uh, I think it's in the same way that we just talked about Johnny Depp kind of being perfect for a role. This is almost perfect for Michael Cera. Yeah, it's perfect. Canadian slacker. It's, it's just, and it's easy to watch as well. Like I can always go back and watch this and know that I'll enjoy it. So I think of all the films we've watched this year, this is probably my favourite. It's interesting. So I wasn't here for this episode. I was in England and, um, I haven't watched it for a long time and I didn't read the comics because I wasn't going to be here. But when I first saw this movie, I think it had been talked up to me too much. Everyone had told me it's the best movie, you'll love it, it's so good, it's so funny, um, it's my favourite movie ever. And when I saw it, I was like, what? I don't get it. I don't get why this is so good. I didn't hate it, but I was just like, this is, everyone's talking this up too much, it's not good. But I think that was not a problem with the movie, it was a problem with, like, the people who told me I should watch it were all kind of hipsters. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely is, like, there, I can see there is definitely a section of people who would just, who would feel like that, and be like, this is not for me. Which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and so I was kind of a reaction to those people being like, oh, if you don't like this movie, then there's something wrong with you kind of attitude, it's like... Yeah, but I, it certainly wouldn't be my favourite movie, but maybe I need to give it another chance. Uh, so my least favourite book has got to be Wuthering Heights. Oh, what a drag that was to read. It was so boring. Yeah. Uh, I just don't care about the room. Like, and the annoying thing is that this is like, it's one of those things that you, you're told, oh, you've got to read, you know, this is one of those books you must read, you know, it's a classic and stuff like that. Gosh, is it difficult to, to to fight through, you know? I was just not invested in any of the characters. They all had the same names and stuff, so you're just, like, constantly... I think the the big one in that book was the style, that it was hmm. um, a large percentage of it was being retold from someone else's perspective. So it was basically hearsay. Um, and it was being told through that character, through another character. So... That's just not the best form to tell something in, in a book. You want stuff to be actually happening to the character that's telling you about it. Um, Should Google why is Wuthering Heights a good book and see what comes up. I think, I think the answer to that would be it's a good book to analyse. Um, there's a lot that happens in it and there's a lot of relationships and There's definitely a lot that, of themes and motifs in there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a gothic romance, like, so it's great to analyse and, like, pull things out of and talk, like, write endless essays about. I think that would be the answer as to why it's a classic. You know, probably the time it was written and the, time, and the fact it was written by a woman and, you know, all of that. I think that's the reason it's a classic. Not necessarily that it's the best story, because it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Lois? Uh, least uh, favourite book? Big Hero 6, I mean, I have said I said earlier, like, I couldn't even finish it because um, I was... Offended is the wrong word because that's, like, an active stance to take. It was just... It just turned me off. Like, I was just like, I don't want to read this anymore because it was boring and I couldn't, like, get into it because it drops you, like, right in the middle of it. Um, I think I said on the episode how I, like, started the first book and went wait a second, am I reading the right one? Because this feels like I've been dropped in the middle of a series. And no, I was at the beginning of the first one. And then as soon as girls started exploding out of their jumpsuits, I was just like, I'm just bored with this. Like, it's no, it doesn't even have any content to keep my attention. And now it's just like, hey, look at these boobs. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, and I'm not, I'm like a fan of boobs. So... <laughs> Like, it's not even that. It's just, like, it's so it's so objectifying and... So much plot. Yeah, just it's just not good. And, yeah, so 
That's my least favorite one. Look at all that plot out of those jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah. Huge tracts of land. <laughs> and then least favorite movie? Uh, Wuthering Heights. Same reasons as the book. Well, no, the, like, the book was definitely better than the movie. The movie like took a boring text and made it worse. Made it more boring. Yeah, made it more boring, had t- bad acting, and just made it painful to watch. And you were like, Voldemort, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's Voldemort, and you still don't want him to like get with that girl. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, my least favorite movie, definitely Aragon. We've already talked to this to death. It's garbage. It's bad. It's bad acting. It's bad choices. It's yeah, that's around. a close second for me, I think. Yeah, all around bad. That's, uh, that's, that's the end of the awards section yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> we've, uh, we've gone through it. Uh, so by this time next year, we'll have another 25 different texts to have yeah. gone through. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to do stuff that's coming up. We've got things planned and... Yeah, so our next few episodes... Uh, are going to be so next week we're looking at Beauty and the Beast, uh, a brand new release. I've just uh, read some very intriguing reviews of uh, what that's supposed to be like. So yeah, I'm really excited. It looks really good. Um, I'm excited about this supposed gay plot line with LeFou. So I'll probably have lots to say about that. I would not raise your hopes too high from what I've read. <laughs> okay. Uh, but and then after that, we are going back to visit something that will definitely be good to both read and watch. We are going to power through the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And I say power through not because it's going to be difficult, but because it's long. Yeah. So we're planning a bumper episode for that one. Yeah, that episode's probably going to be long. There's really nothing we can do about that because we have to read a 500-page book and and a three-hour movie. I'm actually really keen though because that's, uh, I mean, both of those are so well acclaimed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're looking at the Peter Jackson trilogy. Yeah. Uh, the first, at least the first one, anyway. The first one, yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. Um, Not the extended edition. <laughs> I'll probably watch the extended edition, because that's the one I own. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings geek. Um, I'm a huge Tolkien geek. So, this is, like, my wheelhouse, um, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, and I think Joe's coming back in for that one. Yeah, so, boy. Yeah, one of our favourite guests is coming back in for that one, so it'd be good. And then after that, so the next episode after that, we've got planned. We're welcoming back my lovely wife, Kat, for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Yeah, so we thought we'd go something really long and then maybe give ourselves a break and do a picture yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Almost in the, like maybe in the same way that uh, Fantastic Beasts was, because Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a kid's picture book. Yeah. And we're going to look at uh, the way that they turn that into a movie. So yeah. that should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so 2017's got a couple of adaptations uh, left this year. Uh, some big ones coming up. Uh, we'll just briefly run through some of the ones that intrigue us at least. Uh, we don't know necessarily whether we'll look at them on the podcast or not. Um, yeah. Depends on well, what least, our whims are. Yeah. These are the ones that um, are adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, in June, we've got Captain Underpants. I did not know this was being turned into a film. Yeah, no, neither did I. I mean, I'm kind of culturally aware of the existence of the books, like, you know, because they were just something that a lot of kids like to read in the library. Yeah, like, I think we were a bit older when they yeah, started coming out. But I, I always kind of put them in the same genre as, uh, like, Andy Griffiths' books and uh, The Day My Bum Went Psycho and stuff like that. <laughs> Which I think is also a film. I could. I, I would love to. If that is, we've got to do that because that would be fascinating. <laughs> but Captain Underpants is uh, should be really interesting. That's going to star uh, Ed Helms as the titular character, uh, and surely Kevin it's Hart. animated though. Uh, I don't know. Then coming up in July, we've got The Dark Tower. Yeah. So um, lots of people are really excited about this. I don't really know anything about it, but I like Idris Elba. Yeah, I also like Idris Elba, who I is like starring it. This is obviously the Stephen King series now. I've been told this is a semi-sequel. Uh, so it happens after the events of the last Dark Tower book, because it was a series. I've read about the first ten pages of the first book. Okay, so you're so an I'm, expert. Yeah, I absolutely. I yeah. could tell you all about the fact that I think I remember someone walking somewhere. Okay. Then, it's probably going to be good. I mean... It, so it's Stephen King, but is it Stephen King like sci-fi and yeah, yeah, sci-fi, horror? yeah, yeah, sci-fi yeah. not horror. Uh, yeah. Because in September there is Stephen King horror coming out in film form, 
uh, with Stephen King's It. Yeah. That's the one with the creepy clown. Yeah, I'm not going to see that. Me neither. We're I not going to review it either. I refuse. Sorry, everyone. Like, horror's the one thing that we are kind of, like, not Both well versed in. Both of us are really bad with it, so yeah, you're just we're not, not going to get a lot of it. We're not well versed in horror. We're probably not going to do the horror classics on this show because it's not what we like. Um, we're both Freddy cats. I'm sure there's other podcasts out there that we'll talk there's about. There's so many horror podcasts. Go and listen to one of those. We are Freddy cats. We yeah. don't want to watch horror. We're all about high concept on this podcast, mostly. Yeah, we're all about sci- sci-fi. and yeah, We don't mind violent things, but horror. We... Yeah. American Psycho was a bit of a push. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Medium violence, please. Medium violence. Yeah, I always use... I like to order I... a good film with a, a side of medium violence. I always use Game of Thrones as my... Uh, if it's worse than Game of Thrones, it's If it's, it's worse too much. than Game of Thrones, it's too yeah. much. Yep, yeah, I agree. And then November has two very good films coming out. The first one, Thor Ragnarok. Yay! Hulk oh. in space! Hulk in space! <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this is going to be really interesting. I'm I'm really, would probably very likely to do this on the podcast because it contains two very well-known Marvel storylines, one of which is the titular Thor Ragnarok, and the other of which is Planet Hulk. Um, and the, like the media releases for the film have mentioned some of the parts that happen in the Planet Hulk uh, comic storyline. I went and read that last year after I got my Marvel Unlimited subscription and it's a great series. I don't know how much of it will make it onto the screen given that I don't know. This film seems like there's so much, it must be like two and a half hours because there's so much packed into it. You've got to get, we're we're most likely to get another Infinity Stone in it to complete the uh, the set before Avengers three happens next year because this is this will be the last film before Avengers three. Oh yeah, yep. Because uh, Guardians is coming out in May and Spider Man in July, I believe. Yep. And so you've got to get an Infinity Stone. You've got to get the Thor Ragnarok storyline. You've got to get Planet Hulk. We've already seen at the end of Doctor Strange that he's going to make an appearance in this film. As Isn't the last Infinity Stone going to come in Guardians of the Galaxy? That's do. what I heard. Could do. I don't know whether it's going to be in Guardians or in Thor. Yeah. Or I mean, it could be in Spider-Man, but I have my doubts. I, I doubt it'll be in Spider-Man. I thought I heard... That might be completely wrong, but I thought I heard that the last Infinity Stone would be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, therefore tying them to the others in some way. Yeah. No, yeah. it wouldn't. Well, but they, they did have the first stone, don't forget. Oh, yeah. True. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, that's definitely on our agenda. Yeah. And also in November, Murder on the Orient Express. Now, I'm going to read you off the uh, list of some of the cast members in this. And keep in mind, this is just some, okay? This is obviously the Agatha Christie story, the classic. Uh, and it's going to be directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, now this or can... is he just going to pretend he directed it and obliviate <laughs> the real director? Uh, so this contains uh, Johnny Depp. Yep. Um, which will be interesting. He's the, character, will he... he's the character who dies, I'm pretty sure, though. Oh, that's all right. We'll so go. that's okay. <laughs> so he can't possibly Johnny Depp it up. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be annoying for about 10 minutes and yeah, then he yeah. dies. I'm pretty sure when I looked at so it. So Johnny Depp, Judy Dench, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, Josh Gad, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, and Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. Oh, put, like, just inject this movie into my veins, please. Like, yeah. This looks amazing. Yeah, I'm always here for Josh Gad. He's amazing. What a cast. I know, what a good cast. Like... I've not even mentioned all of them because there's yeah, so many more. Like, I mean, I think everyone knows. It's funny, everyone knows this story. And it's funny because um, I'm currently running a and d campaign for Adam um, and a few of our friends. And um, we're doing basically a Murder on the Orient Express <laughs> ripoff. Because um, it's like... I know, so culturally pervasive, I was just like, oh, they need, because the characters got on a train to go somewhere, and I was like, well, what can they do while they're on a train? I know, a murder! (laughs) Well, Doctor Who did an Orient Express episode recently, like, it's it's very well known, it's probably uh, up there in Agatha Christie's top two or three most known pieces. So, like, I mean, it's a very simple story, and I think most people would know it, Um, but it'll be really good to see it put on the big screen. And with all these, with such skilled actors, I think it could actually be a really good, interesting movie. Because it is all about, the thing about the Agatha Christie books is it is all about subtlety in relationships. And so with bad actors, it's just bad. The Poirot series comes to mind. Um, But uh, with good actors, it could be amazing. So yeah, I'm excited about that. We probably will do that one for the show. 
that's uh, that's most of the big adaptations that have kind of struck us this year. There are obviously more than that coming out, but we'll uh, kind of see how we go. I mean, obviously, if we did all of those, we were only going to have limited room for other things as well over the course of the year. So we'll do a couple of new releases, we'll do a couple of old faves, and if you have any suggestions, as usual, we would love to hear them. Uh, please send us through what you'd like to see us talk about, uh, because we're keen on what you're keen on. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Apart from horror. <laughs> yep. Not horror, please. Not horror, please. <laughs> we'll just say no. Yeah. So, the other films that are coming out this year that aren't necessarily adaptations of books, but they might be remakes or whatever, or just standalone films. There's a lot of big budget horror. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> imagine that. A film that was just written to be a film and wasn't an adaptation of something. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few other films. Obviously, we're film fans. Um... I know I don't get to the movies as much as I would like to. Um, it's pretty. Don't have that much money. Yeah, it's um, you know it can be like twenty five dollars just to buy a ticket to go to the movies. Go to Belmont. Costs like yeah. ten bucks. Power Rangers. Power Rangers is coming out, Lois. There's gonna be a film. It looks like garbage. It looks. It looks so bad. The costumes are terrible. Like I just don't understand how this is gonna be good. It really looks like it's gonna be about as good as the Dragon Ball Z movie was. Like the. The live action one. Yeah. <laughs> like the, that kind of... Oh, I just... Yeah. It's got um, Brian Cranston as... I'm going to forget what the character's Zod? name is. Zod, yeah. Zed? Yeah, the floating head is... Oh, uh, Brian Zordon. Yeah. Is Brian Cranston. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> Look, I just want to see giant robots. I'm going to be honest. I don't yeah. care. Like, I want to see... I don't know, I don't know how they're going to do with the fights and everything. Like, yeah. Like, what's are they going to style? Are they going to keep... When I was in like is the black like, is the black ranger black? Yeah, when I was seven sort of seven to nine, Power Rangers and Captain Planet were my jam. It's because they were on at your time in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> no, I wasn't allowed to watch TV in the morning. I like remember, only during the holidays. I just remember Power Rangers used to be on uh, right after aerobics finished on a Saturday and Sunday at like six six yeah. thirty. So I was always always tuning into that. Yeah, and then Pokemon came out, and that yeah. ruled my life. Yeah, but um. Yeah, Power Rangers and Captain Planet. Yeah. There's a Captain Planet movie in the works, I hear, as well. Is there? I think so. They'd probably be very bad. Yeah. Because the show is very bad. Yeah. When you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so, so bad. They could have replaced it. They could have saved a lot of money. replaced it all with uh, just like a big sign that they put on TV for half an hour that says, don't hurt the environment, kids. It's not even that it's preachy. It's just very badly written. Well, they um, pull out the same trick like every episode. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't the Captain Planet cast. <laughs> That's my other podcast. <laughs> yeah. My other podcast is a Captain Planet podcast. <laughs> uh, we've obviously briefly mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming out soon. <laughs> That's what I think of that. <laughs> uh, so that should be good. Spider-Man, uh, the first co-Marvel uh, edited, I, I guess. You were going to say the first Spider-Man movie. I'm like, friend, I have something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, yeah, so we're, we've obviously been told that we're going to avoid the origin story, which will be a lovely treat for all of us who've seen the five Spider-Man films that have come out in the last... The first one came out, 2002-ish? 15 years? There's been one every three years, roughly. Yeah, I think 2002 is probably about right. Yeah, and like two of those were direct origin stories. So. Yeah. Uh, we're um, not going to get that this time, which will be nice. And uh, what's the little, little guy's name? His name is Little Guy. Yeah. And he is cute. Yeah, he is. He looks I really enjoyed him in Civil War. Yeah, his cameo was exceptional. Yeah. And I like because we It's almost have... as though Marvel Cinematic Studios like, know what to do with yeah. their own characters. It's almost like when he can interact with other Marvel characters, it's really good. Yes. Like, Iron Man can be his dad. Well, he's going to be in that character. He's going to be in the yeah. film. So. Surrogate dad Iron Man is like the best thing ever. Uh, DC are also upping their game this year. They're getting bringing out Wonder Woman, the first ever like big budget female headlined superhero film. Yeah. Uh, directed by a woman as it, well. Yep, it may not be any good. No, the trailer the looks amazing. DC the trailer movies. looks fantastic. The other trailers have also looked good. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I like. Yeah, I reserve judgment. I'm not going to like yeah. prejudge it, but it looks like they're going back to like a World War One. Like it's going to be a period piece, much like Captain America was. Yeah. Uh, but it's also not going to be as entirely gritty, sort of as that. Well, well I'm imagining it will be gritty because it's DC, but like it's also going back to the Amazonian, like, home 
uh, Island of Themyscira and everything, so it should be really interesting. I'm, I'm really hoping that this doesn't fall into the terribleness of the other DC films, because we're also getting Justice League later this year, and although the trailer for that looks amazing, the movie could be total garbage. Yeah. Well, if Batman vs. Superman is anything to go by... It's just that the Avengers set up such a high standard for, like, a, a, the first one. Set a high standard for, like, a group of superheroes all appearing in one film. Yeah. And then Ultron was alright, and, and Civil War was amazing. So. I think we might have talked about this on a previous podcast, like, when Batman vs. Superman came out and we were talking about it. But, um, like, a lot of sort of DC people, fanboys, really hate it when people compare it to... The Avengers because they're like well they're not trying to make the Avengers they're trying to make something gritty but what you're doing is bad well yeah it's like that's fine if that's what they want to do but they have to appreciate that if that's what they want to do that's not for everyone and they're not going to make the money that the Avengers makes because mm, the Avengers are making family friendly yeah the Avengers are making movies for mm. a wide audience yeah. that are funny and appeal to a wide audience and um, bring everyone in whereas like the main criticism of the DC movies has been it blocks large swaths of people out because it's not great with women characters and um, uh, it's too dark and you know most a lot of movie guys just want to go and like relax and I have to think too hard and you know like well, trust me you do not have to think very hard if you're going to see Batman vs Superman yeah but you know what I mean like they don't want to like they don't want to be told, oh, you know, you have to have a lot of feelings about this character. They just want to, they want those feelings to be organic. And I think what the Avengers movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe does is, like, it does manage to have some dark moments without, like, that being the entire thrust of the film. Yeah. So Justice League could go either way. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not holding my hopes no, up. Me neither. Pirates of the Caribbean 5. There was a brief teaser for this has come out. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've already mentioned on this very podcast that I love the Pirates of the Caribbean series, the fourth one excluded, because it was average. But the original trilogy is fun. Uh, fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just fun. It is. It's They're enjoyable to watch. You know, they're good adventure films. The I think you know, Depp and Bloom and Rush all have, like, great chemistry. And even Kira Knightley, like, kind of embraced her role in that really well. Um, she was also fantastic. And I believe Bloom is coming back for this one. Uh, he, yes, yeah, I'm He sure. made a brief appearance in the trailer. Well, he wasn't in the fourth one, obviously. So, fingers crossed, could be really good. Baywatch is coming out this year. <laughs> it's got The Rock! Yeah, It's, it's got rock. Dwayne! It's Dwayne Johnson Yay. led Baywatch. It's going to be fantastic. I just like, I'm, what are they going to do with this film? Like, you know? I hope it's going to be like super camp I, and just, just from, over the top. I believe I've seen the trailer. I don't think it's going to be camp. I th it'll probably be over the top, but I don't think they're going for a very vintagey. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. But it's got The Rock, so yeah. I'll at least see it on DVD. Fave. <laughs> Uh, the Rock is also appearing in The Fate of the Furious, which is, you know, next in the line of car films that people seem to enjoy. Yeah. And uh, he's also coming later in this year. He's in Jumanji. Yay. That that could go, I, we talked before the podcast, that could go either way. Yeah. Again, like it could be, I mean, the, the original Jumanji with Robin Williams oh, uh, is a fantastic, scary film for kids. And I have no idea. I think idea. this is a sequel, isn't it? It's not a remake? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. It's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be the Jumanji digital edition of board, you know, the board game. Oh. That's not true. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> that like, just seems like the kind of thing that they would do. Yeah. It's a Jumanji DVD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's evil. <laughs> Kill it. Trivial pursuit. <laughs> um, we're getting Cars 3 this year, Lois. How, tell us all your feelings on Cars 3. Actually, I know a fair bit... From another podcast I listened to, I've heard a fair bit about what the plot of this is, um, because they were complaining about it. Um, <laughs> so, apparently the plot of this movie is basically uh, Owen Wilson's character, like, is racing, and there's a new young gun who thinks he knows better, and has to be taught a lesson about how just because you're young doesn't mean you know better, and it's basically like, fuck millennials. <laughs> 
is the plot of this movie. It seems like the first film, but now he's the adult. Yeah, exactly. It um, sounds like garbage. Uh, and the guys on this other podcast just, like, they've talked a bit about, like, other stuff. Because they're both millennials, they're both our age. So, they're, like, just talked a bit about, like, how there's so much media nowadays, which is, like, because it's being written by people in their, like, 40s. And they're, like, oh, I don't understand Snapchat, therefore millennials are bad and wrong. And there's just so many articles and stuff just, like, raging on millennials. Well, it's then let's like... talk about uh, the movie that's scheduled for this year, the Emoji Movie. Ugh. Yeah. Is there any way this isn't going to be total trash? Well, I think people might have said that about the Lego Movie. Yeah. It does have Patrick Stewart voicing the turd emoji. So... <laughs> <laughs> Is that's well, got to be a sentence that no one ever thought they would say? I saw a, a um a tweet from Patrick Stewart's daughter, which was like, it was like she's like me talking to my son. You know, your grandfather has been like a lot of very important men, like Macbeth, and her son's just like in the background laughing, going, "He's the turd emoji." <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes me want to go see it. I, I hate know. the, the I world know. is a terrible place. I probably won't pay to see it, but I probably will like get like rent the DVD or see it on Netflix oh, or whatever. Oh gosh. Um, because I love Patrick Stewart. It's like <laughs> I I watch I watch American Dad, even though that is a terrible, terrible TV show. But because it's guilty, but guilty Patrick pleasure. Stewart is so funny in it. Like his character, like the episodes that he's in are so funny and is he just delivers his he delivers his lines no, he's not the fish, he's the boss. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and he even God. looks like Patrick Stewart, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he delivers his lines so well. And it's, it's like Adam so West good. in Family Guy, though. Yeah. Just, like, hook in one yeah. celebrity. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Emoji movie, but I do feel... I know how I feel about Patrick Stewart. I also know how I feel about the Emoji movie <laughs> very separately. Yeah. But, I don't know. I might go and see it now. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we've just mentioned the Lego movie. The Lego Ninjago movie is coming. You skipped Despicable Me 3. Oh, I which did. I am so excited about. I the love Despicable trailer just Me. come out. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen the new trailer. I saw the last one with the... Oh, maybe that was the one that I saw. Uh, the... No, I think there is a new trailer out. Oh, is there? Yeah. I saw the last one with when they introduced... Um, is it Trey Parker who's voicing? Is it the other one? Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. I really am opposed to Minions... Like in all their forms, I but the, really. But the first two them. films of but Despicable, Despicable Me are, me are great. so good. Like those movies are so good. Steve Carell just puts so much heart into it. <laughs> the first movie has this really stupid joke that I really love in it. What is it? <laughs> Where he's doing the flip chart and he's like, "We build rocket, we go to the moon, I sit on the toilet." <laughs> oh, they, <laughs> it's just they, so because the, the girls have just drawn a yeah, picture. Yeah. Of, I don't know why, but. It's, such a oh, I need to go back and watch that movie. film. It's a great film. Oh, it's so good. And that's the that's one, right up there with animated films. The second one is really good as well. Like, yeah, the minions are super annoying, but like those movies have so much heart and they're just very good. And I'm really excited about the third one. The Lego Ninjago movie. I have no feelings whatsoever. <laughs> did you want? Did you? I'm assuming you've seen the the Lego movie. Oh yeah, I love the Lego movie. Do you think that this could be as good? I I mean. Probably it will be. I've seen the poster for it, and it looks like they're going with, like, a. It, I think the tagline is, find your inner ninja. So I it looks like an every, got every, the same sort of story as the first one, where, like, an everyday person is actually a ninja. Doesn't nin, Lego Ninjago, doesn't that have a TV series already, though? Possibly. I think Ninjago is already, like, a franchise on its own. Yeah, they, they, they push it pretty hard. Yeah. Like, I think that's already Maybe close. that's why it has a movie. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the Lego Batman movie's just come out, and I haven't seen that Yeah, yet. I haven't seen that, but I want to watch that. That mm. seems good. Yeah. Uh, Kingsman 2. <laughs> Didn't like the first one. I liked the first one up until the last five minutes of it. Yeah, I agree. And then I was like, fuck this movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really don't... They've got the, the cast that they've announced for it seems really interesting. Like, they've got some big stars. Yeah, I'm sure board. it'll be good, but it'll probably still have sexist, disgusting oh, yeah. jokes in Absolutely. it. So, yeah. I'm not interested. Yep. No, I don't blame you. You turned me right off in your last five minutes of your last movie. I'm not going to pay money to see the second one. Sorry. Um, oh, which of these... There's only two movies left on the list of stuff to talk about. I don't know which one to go with. Should we go with oh, My Little Pony, the movie? <sighs> I'm definitely not going to go see that in the theatre. Can you imagine the smell in the theatre? Oh, 
I, not, the I don't years. want to. I don't want to. I don't. And want the fedoras that never get washed. I just want to stay as far away from cinemas during that those two weeks as possible. I know I'm generalizing, but also Brodies can fuck right off. Uh, let's finish on a high note then. Yeah. Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi. There's going to be ninjas and and are there? Not ninjas, Jedi. <laughs> I was like, I I substituted the word ninja in my head. Uh, this is this. There's no trailer yet, which is surprising given that they love to push stuff from like a year ahead. But this looks. Uh, you don't even need to say what it looks like. It's Star Wars. It's people are going to go see it regardless. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think everyone, this is kind of really what's going to define the Star Wars franchise, like for the next five, ten years or so. Because The Force Awakens kind of rebooted it, and um, Rogue One is kind of like an example of what the spin offs are going to do. Like they'll probably have a different style, sort of. Yeah, it's and... funny because I didn't like The Force Awakens, but I did like Rogue One. But see, I th- when I watched The Force Awakens, because I know it gets a lot of criticism. And also a lot of love, like it seems to polarize people, not as not in as bad a way as Phantom Menace does, uh, but like in in that they were clearly just trying to reboot the whole thing for a new generation. Uh, it's unfortunate that they did that by just basically reusing the the story of a New Hope. But I like I have I have high hopes for this. I don't know what um Rian Johnson's going to be like as a director. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping that this kind of starts branching off into its own story that's original and fun and that kind of carries on some of that that enjoyable stuff that was in The, the Force Awakens. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, I think everyone just wants to see more of Daisy Ridley and... I like Mark Hamill, so, you know, he'll probably be in the... Yes, well, eight, you, you would so, expect that, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. That's 2017. We did it. We made We, we did a thing for a year. Yep. And we'll continue. We enjoyed it so much, we'll go for another one. <laughs> another. I liked it. Another. Smashes cup on table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the end of our podcast for this week, folks. Uh, we will be back next week with another more regular episode. Like we said, we're going to do Beauty and the Beast. That's only just come out in cinemas if you live in Australia. If you live in America, it's probably been out for like two months. <laughs> no, I think it's only just come out there as well. Oh, good. So make sure if you want to listen to that podcast and you don't want spoilers, go see the film in cinemas because we are going to do that. Yes. No, we're not a spoiler-free podcast. Nope. Um, uh, we're going to be reading the original version of the fairy tale. Yes, by French Frenchie lady. French French. <laughs> French lady McFrench French. Uh, Frenchie McFrench face. It's like... Marine Legway. I'm trying to remember. The last name... It, the last name starts with V. If you look up original Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, you'll find it. It's it's like a five name name, um, and it's French. So yeah, and her last name starts with V. So uh, yeah, if you look it up, you'll be able to read that. Um, it's a short fairy tale. So uh, you can find us in all the usual places. Um, we have a Tumblr now. That's one of the things we've done. Is sort of our one year. As we've approached one year, as we've created a Tumblr, that's a good place to get in contact with us. Um, so is Twitter. So is our email. We read the book at gmail.com. Yeah. And Twitter is read the book pod. Yep. And Tumblr is also read the book pod. No, Tumblr's we read the book dot Okay. And we've also got an Instagram that is underused, but has some stuff on there. And we are making a pledge to use it a bit better. Um, that's also read the book pod. <laughs> That's how, um, that's how little I have used it, but yeah. that's going to change. It's all linked on um, the Tumblr, yep. so just go there if you want to find other places to talk to us. Um, we would love to hear from you. As usual, we'd love to uh, kind of get ratings and reviews for the show. just helps spread the word, and hopefully we'd love to have double the number of subscribers we have now this time next year. Yeah. Uh, and we'd also own. love to get more, like, we'd love to hear from you if you have anything to say in response to any of our shows, if you have any adaptations you'd like us to review and talk about we would love to talk about them we'll prioritize them over some of the other stuff we have planned um as usual we always kind of like to focus on what you guys want to hear about yeah and it's also yeah it's just cool for us to hear from you because as much as we love doing this as just a project where we get to hang out because we're friends um and it's just fun and we hang out with our cool friends and talk about cool texts it also would be cool to not feel like we're shouting into the void yeah (laughs) 
There's a lot of podcasts out there. We just like to know that our listeners are real and not robots. Yeah, yeah, that would be really awesome to know that you are not robots. Or if you are robots, but you're AIs, that's fine too. Yeah. But not stupid robots. Please don't kill us. Yep. We love you. We know we'll side with you in the in the war. Yeah, I, I for one would like to uh... <laughs> welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, with that, great, great reference. <laughs> and with that, we will see you two weeks from now. I've been Adam Heap. I've been Lois Snotface Mitchell. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> it's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me, saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days to living room. I realized it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you yesterday. You'd forgiven me, but it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hello, it me. Hello, it also me. It both of us. Together. <laughs>